Oh, I'm really excited about what's happening this weekend. All these kids excited about their relationship with Christ. 215 hands raised, over 100 first-time decisions for Christ. Man, what an amazing thing. I'm so proud of Pastor Alex, all the volunteers, all the parents that have helped this week. You know, thank you so much for investing, not in the next generation, the now generation. Somebody say amen to that, right? We're so glad you're with us today. If you're a guest, my name is Jared Mang. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to encourage you, if you have a Bible or you're using your phone or your iPad, if you'll go with me in your, in your Bible. If not, we'll have it on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 17. We're going to look at verse 20. We're going to read in the New King James Version. I want to welcome um, all of our online campus. We have people joining us in Great Britain and all over California and Colorado and Arizona and in some... oh. I don't even know where that is. I can't pronounce it. So, Riga something. So, we're glad you're with us today. And uh, we're excited about what God is going to do. We're carrying this theme, Everest, and the idea is conquering challenges with God's mighty power. And so, we're going to carry that into the weekend. And uh, as you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17, I thought I'd start with a little story little joke that I heard about a child in an airplane. There, were, um, there was this airplane that was about to crash, and there were four passengers, but only three parachutes. So the first passenger stood up and said, um, I'm a, a leading heart surgeon, and my patients need me. So he grabbed the parachute, and he jumped out. The second passenger stood up and said, I'm a rocket scientist. I'm one of the smartest men alive. And so he grabbed a pack and jumped out. The third passenger was the Pope. And uh, he looked at the fourth passenger, which was a 10-year-old child, and said, who happened to be a Boy Scout, he said, young man, I've lived my life. I have most of my life behind me. You have your whole life ahead of you. Why don't you take this last parachute and live? And the little boy scout looked up at the Pope and said, oh, it's okay, Pope, don't be worried. He said, you see, the smart, there's two parachutes left. The smartest man alive just jumped out with my backpack. <laughs> just, uh... Kids and the things they say, right? <laughs> It was fun to watch our children getting excited today, worshiping, and then the ones that were, you know, kind of looking around like, what is going on? That's the funnest part of it all. I want to talk to you about overcoming challenges. How many know in life we have challenge? Anybody here ever faced a trial? Well, I want to read a story, and as I was praying about this weekend and about the theme of VBS, the Lord brought me to a, a passage of scripture that talked about mountains, where Jesus talked about a mountain. And so I want you to stand to your feet, if you will. All of you joining us online, if you want to stand right where you are, um, that was Latvia, by the way, that was joining us. We're glad you're joining us. I want us to read this together. And these are Jesus' words speaking to his disciples. But he had earlier been speaking not just to his disciples, but to the whole crowd. And there was a, a man who had come, and he had a huge trial. The trial was that his son had a sickness. This mountain was a sickness. And the sickness wasn't just epilepsy, but it was also, there was a demonic part to it where a spirit had come in and attached itself to the boy where the boy was trying to kill himself. 
So he came to Jesus' disciples to try to get healing, and the disciples couldn't do it. Jesus was up on the mountain praying. When Jesus comes back down and he, he sees the man, the man comes and says, can you heal my son? I gave him to your disciples, and they couldn't do it. And, and so he prays over the boy. The boy is healed. And then the disciples later on say, Jesus, why couldn't we move that trial? Why couldn't we overcome that challenge? Why couldn't we get rid of the mountain? And Jesus spoke these words. Why don't you read it with me? So Jesus said to them, let's try it again together. Ready? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. Lord, we have taken some time to celebrate our children and what you've been doing in their lives. But Lord, we don't want to be content to just have you speak to our children. We want you to speak to us because we need you. And Lord, there are mountains that we may not be facing today, but we will face tomorrow, and we're going to need you to give us the power to either climb over them or move them to the side. So today, help us to step into your promises. Open our hearts to receive your truth. Just take a moment and yield to the Holy Spirit for a moment. Will you do that? Soften your heart. Oh, Holy Spirit, speak boldly to us. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. 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 You may be seated today. You know, this week at VBS, um, Pastor Alex referenced it. Our children learned this big idea of conquering challenges with God's mighty power, and they learned five things. Day one, they learned that we conquer challenges with God's mighty power, and here's how we do it. God has the power to provide. In day two, they learned God has the power to comfort. Anybody thankful for the comfort of God? I accidentally said confront last night. That was not exactly what they learned. How many know kids confront too? All right, and number three was God, this was day three on Wednesday, God has the power to heal. Day four, they learned God has the power to forgive. And then Friday night, the last night, they learned God has the power to love us forever. This weekend, I felt like the Lord wanted me to bring this last message idea for all of us. What's the theme? How do we conquer challenges through God's mighty power? Well, we need to remember this promise too, and that is, ready? This is the bumper sticker that hopefully you'll walk away with and will stick to your heart, your, your conscience, your mind, your spirit, that will be the message that rings out in your life. And that's simply this, God has power to move mountains. God has power to move mountains. Now, I'm not going to take time to develop this, but as you look in the Bible, there's a couple different things that mountains can represent. The first, things that, that, that first thing that mountains can represent is God's spiritual process in our life. If you look through the, the Old Testament, you'll just see several examples where um, God, for instance, called Moses up the mountain 
And there was the fire by night, right? And, and there the, the burning bush, and he gave him direction for his life. There was the time when God called Abraham up the mountain, and he had to learn how to put aside what was most important to him and say, God, I'm going to make that most important to you and the priorities of life. So there's lots of examples where God brings us up mountains or mountains come and they're God's way or process for developing us in our spiritual journey. Anybody thankful that we're growing and developing in our spiritual journey? The second thing that we understand mountains represent in the Bible and we see it in this passage is that a mountain can also represent a trial, a challenge. Anybody here ever faced a mountain? A trial, a challenge. Maybe to you today, the mountain is a sickness. Maybe you were given a report uh, that says you have some form of sickness or disease, and you've been struggling to overcome that challenge, that trial. Maybe for you, the mountain is a divorce. Maybe for you, the mountain is a financial challenge that you're in. Maybe it's a broken relationship. We could go down the list, but many of us in life will face mountains. And isn't it good to know that God said that he can move mountains? In fact, when Jesus was talking about a mountain, remember he said, listen, this faith that we're talking about has the ability to move mountains. What was he talking about? He was referencing back to the child, right, who was sick. So Jesus is saying, listen, a a mountain can represent a challenge. And so today we're going to talk about these trials or these mountains and how do we experience victory. Now, as we read through this story, there's an obvious interpretation of this passage. The obvious interpretation is simply this, is that Jesus was addressing to his disciples that they... Their, their faith wasn't as strong as it needed to be, and there were some things that needed to be strengthened in their faith, and there were some things in order for breakthrough to come they needed to do, and so he was addressing that, and it was about the strengthening of faith. That's the, the big message, the obvious you know, interpretation of this passage. But as I began to read through our verse that we read a moment ago, the Lord began to highlight some thoughts or practical things to help you and I strengthen our faith. Now, last week, Pastor Evan came and he talked and and shared an incredible message about sincere faith. And sometimes many of us, we get discouraged because we feel like we have to have this big, huge faith that can do all these things. And he talked about how that literally you just need sincere faith. In fact, as we read a moment ago, you just need faith the size of a mustard seed. It doesn't have to be big faith. But let me ask you this. How many of you would like to see God strengthen your faith? All right, well, today I want to give you some points that are in this passage that jumped out to me that I believe will encourage and strengthen our faith through God's mighty power. And I decided to do it in an interesting way. Rather than just kind of going through the passage, I want to tell a story, a personal story that happened to me. And from this story, I'm going to kind of draw a parallel of this passage, and we're going to learn some practical things So that God can build and strengthen our faith and God is going to move some mountains. Amen? So here's the story. When I was um, a worship pastor in Modesto, California, I had an internship that we were raising up and equipping people in the area of worship to be worship leaders and worship pastors. Pastor April is a graduate of that intern program, all right? And so one of the things that the interns had to do at the end of their first year is they had to go to Yosemite with our leadership, and we had to go up to Half Dome. 
It was about a four mile or four, um, two and a half hour hike up and about two and a half hours back down. Uh, you know, it was something everybody had to do. So they did actually physical training during the year along with their, you know, spiritual and intellectual training to prepare them for going up half dome. Well, we got on our way and as we were going, I had, you know, some friends that were with me that now are here. Um, I don't know if Pastor Randy was there at the time, but I know that Pastor Chris Carey was with us and a good friend of my name, uh, Brian Kitchen, was there. And we were going up the trail and it was kind of one of those trails that you went this way and then you kind of went this way and you went this way. And as you went, between the paths were rock, you know, walls. So as we were traveling, we got to this one place where two rock walls came together. It's about 35 feet up. And, and one of the guys in the group, Brian Kitchen, said to Chris and to me, he's like, come on, guys, let's just, rather than taking the regular trail, let's climb the rock. And I was stupid. <laughs> I was young. And I was like, yeah, that'll be awesome. Now, did we have any training in rock climbing? No. Did we have any equipment for, for rock climbing? No. Did we have all of our, in, you know, intellectual faculties working? No. So we begin the climb. Well, Brian Kitchen and, and Chris Carey, I don't know why, they're, they have sticky fingers or something. They were like, and they went up, but I went last. And what I had forgotten is that I'm scared of heights. <laughs> like really scared of heights. So I started climbing, and there were two places where the rocks came together, and I'm climbing, I'm grabbing this, and I'm grabbing that, and I get about halfway up. I'm about 18 feet up in the air, and suddenly I look down, and I'm like, what am I doing? I could die. And suddenly I'm having all these thoughts. I have three children. We had, didn't have Hudson by that point, but I had three children. I had a beautiful wife. It's a good thing she wasn't there. Actually, if she would have been there, I'd have never gone up that wall. She'd have never let me go. And I literally froze. And part of the reason why I froze was because my arms, I wasn't trained. And, and there's a lot of pressure that you put on your forearms when you're climbing. And I got to the point where I was losing strength in my hands. So I was losing strength in my hands. I'd gone up 18 feet. But the way that it was and the way that we had to climb and kind of reach, you couldn't go back down. So I had no choice but to go up, but I was stuck. I couldn't go anywhere. I was scared. I was going to fall. If I fell from that height, I'd probably break my leg or something, hopefully not die, but it was high. I was afraid, and it brings us to our first point. All right, I'm going to pause the story right there. How do we build our faith? How, how do we grow? How do we overcome obstacles and trials in life through God's mighty power? How does God move mountains? Well, number one, the first thing I think God's going to teach us through this passage is simply this. You ready? Write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Here we go. Don't look down. Look at somebody and say, don't look down. Some of you look down right now. You see, what happened was, is the moment I started looking down, I was filled with fear. The moment I started looking down, I began to believe that I couldn't climb all the way to the top. The moment that I started looking down, I was hindered from moving forward to my goal. I want, to, I want you to notice something in this passage that many times we just read by and we don't see. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 says this. Now, what did Jesus say? He said, hey, you know, um, the reason that this didn't happen is because of your unbelief. Now, we'll dive into that a little bit more in the, in, in, in the next point. But he says this. He says, you will say 
to this mountain. Matthew 17, 20. It says, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. Now, when I read that little part right there, it's easy to just go by and not see what I think Jesus was trying to teach them about faith. And it's interesting because if you look into the Greek, first of all, the word here, you know what it means? Here. Isn't that deep? But but if you dive a little deeper into the word, it means position, and then its root word in the Greek means within. So he says, you know, you can say to the mountain, you will say to the mountain, move from here, this position within, to there. What does there mean in the Greek? There. But it also means this, a yonder place. It's almost as if what Jesus is saying is simply this. Listen, if you want to see faith that moves mountains, if you want trials to to change, if you want to overcome your obstacles in life, when it comes to faith, it's about what you look at. you got to change your perspective. Are you looking within here? Are you looking at the trial? Are you looking at the mountain? Or are you looking at where the mountain could go? Are you peering down below and seeing that things are never going to change? Are you keeping your faith focused on, I'm probably going to die. Things are never going to change. I'm probably never going to get to where I need to be. Or are you focusing your faith on where you're going to be, on where the promise is, on what God says that is possible for you? You see, faith is about where you look. Faith is about our perspective. And the reason I began with don't look down is because in my story, it was by looking down that I lost my faith to climb. And could it be that the change that God wants to bring in your situation is connected to building your faith? And the way that that faith is going to come is instead of looking at where you've been and the problems that you've had and the things that are impossible, suddenly you start looking at the God who can do the impossible. Somebody say amen. You know, it's interesting, I heard a story about a little boy who had a, a bully that lived a couple, you know, doors down on the street, and this bully was always threatening him, and he was terrified of him. One day, his dad came home, and he uh, gave him a gift. It was just a random gift that didn't have anything to do with the bully, and it was a telescope. The boy was all excited, and the next day, the dad came home from work, and his son was standing on the front porch looking through the wrong end of the telescope down the street. And he comes up to his son and he says, son, he's like, what are you doing? You're, you're looking through the wrong end. And he says, no, I'm not, dad. He said, because when I look through this end, my bully looks really small and I'm not afraid of him anymore. And my question to you this morning is, as you're facing your mountain, which end of the telescope are you looking through? Because you see, faith that moves mountains isn't focused on within, here, my trial, what I can't do, what is impossible. It's about shifting your vision to see what is possible. It's about turning the telescope around to say, wait a minute, I'm going to, instead of magnifying my problems, I'm going to magnify my promise, my God who can do anything. You see... In order to build our faith, to overcome challenges, we have to be committed to say, I'm not going to look down. I'm going to quit looking down and I'm going to look up. I'm going to see things from God's perspective instead of always looking at how big the problem is. You know, it's interesting because there's a verse in the Bible I want to read to you that kind of ties into this. And it doesn't have to do with seeing, but it has to do with hearing, which it kind of 
says the same thing. Go with me to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Many of you know it. It's simply this. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we need faith, our faith needs to grow like the disciples in this situation. The way that our faith comes is by changing our perspective of what we hear. In fact, what's interesting is hearing, it says, comes through the word of God, through Jesus, through his truth. So the question is, who are you listening to? Are you listening to the people that are below you, that are down on the path saying, why did you climb up there? You should have never gone up there in the first place. You didn't even have any equipment. You know what? Your wife's going to be so mad at you. I can't believe that you did this. Are you going to listen to that? Are you going to keep your focus on that? Are you going to keep looking down? Or are you going to look up to the people that went around to the other side of the hill and were standing up above you saying, hey, Jared, I know that this is a little scary, but you can do it. I did it. So look, there's a knob right over there. If you reach up, you can grab that one. Don't worry about the rest. Just grab the next place. Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the naysayers, the people who, di- who are creating doubt and telling you it's impossible? Or are you going to shift your focus, your perspective, and quit of looking, instead of looking down to the word of God, which says, hey, guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Are you going to listen or hear the voice or see the message which says, hey, you are more than a conqueror through him who loves Christ, right? There are so many promises that God has for you, but the key to our faith growing to overcome obstacles is we have to make the commitment to shift our focus and quit looking down. Just look at somebody and say, don't look down. Isn't it cool what's hidden right there, that little nugget that's hidden right there in that passage that we don't even see? So overcoming trials, obstacles, number one is don't look down. You ready for point number two? Okay, I'll give it to you after I tell a little more of the story. So I'm sitting on the rock, running out of strength. My arms are tired. Chris and Brian had gone from being below me to above me because they realized being below me wasn't helping me. So they got up above me and they're like, come on, Jared, you can do this. Look, right over there, that's the one I grabbed. Reach up and grab that and just keep climbing. And so I kept climbing. I, you know, I did it. I just was, I'm not looking down. I'm keeping going. And so I kept climbing. I kept climbing. I get to this little spot that was only about two to three feet away from the top. And it was a little cave. And what was great is I was able to climb up and actually sit down in this little cave and rest. And I'm thinking, this is awesome. And, and, um, but then the next part of the climb was the part that finally hit me, and, and that was this. The way the cave worked was the roof of the cave went out farther than the bottom of the cave. So in order to get to the top, I had to, now remember, this is by this time probably 30 feet at least down. I had to reach out and kind of lunge, grabbing the top of the cave with my hands, swinging around to grab the top, to climb up. I sat in the cave for 45 minutes. (laughs) Forget faith. I had a choice at this moment. Do I quit? Or do I, point number two, Keep reaching up. 
Do I keep reaching up? Because that's point number two. Point number one was don't look down. But point number two is keep reaching up. And what had to happen was I had to keep reaching. Because if I didn't keep reaching, I was going to stay right where I was. The cave was nice, but it was not going to be nice in the middle of the night. It was not going to be nice for the fire department to come with some ladder and, and, and you, know, tele, you know, helicopters, and it's on the news. They rescued a chicken sitting in <laughs> the cave. So I had to keep reaching up. Somebody say, keep reaching up. And what had to happen was, and, and fortunately I had good friends, Brian and Chris Carey, who said, Jared, listen, just grab the rock and reach. And if you'll reach, I'll grab your hand and we'll pull you up. So there came a point where I had to decide, am I going to trust in Chris Carey and Brian Kitchen? Am I going to reach up and grab a hold of their hands? Am I going to trust in them to help me get to where I need to be? It's interesting. Let's let's go because this next passage gives a little insight into faith and what Jesus may have been saying to you and I. Matthew chapter 17 verse 16 says this. says, so I brought him to your disciples. This is the dad. Remember, he's speaking to Jesus. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Now, look what Jesus said. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people. Isn't Jesus so encouraging? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I feel better now. What was Jesus saying when he said, you faithless and corrupt people? We think he's just being harsh. In fact, if you read it in another translation, he calls you a perverse people. I used the New New Living on this particular passage just to kind of tone it down a little bit so you didn't feel so bad. Why did he say you faithless? And what does that really mean? Well, sometimes we interpret that to mean, well, so I'm not a person of faith. I don't have enough faith. I knew it. See, Pastor Evan was right last week. I'm just not very strong. I'm not a real good believer. I don't have a lot of faith. What was Jesus saying? Well, it's interesting because if you dive into the original language, first of all, let me say when he said this, he wasn't just talking to the disciples. He was also talking to the Pharisees. And if you read other versions of this story in other gospels, they were there basically giving the disciples a hard time. So Jesus was speaking to the disciples, to the Father, and to these religious people. So there was a broader group of people he was talking to, but let's dive into what he was saying. In the Greek, the word faithless means, as we would think, disbelieving, without faith. But you know what it also means? It means untrustworthy, to not trust. And the word corrupt is a Greek word which means to distort, to misinterpret, to turn away. And and I'd like to propose a thought that maybe faith isn't just believing for something, maybe faith is believing in someone. Kind of like my situation, saying I am going to trust Brian and I'm going to trust Chris that I can put my situation, I can put my life in their hands. 
And I'm not going to allow the corrupt, the thing of this world, to distort, to distract. Isn't it interesting? That's real similar to what we were just talking about in the last passage, to turn away. To, and what happens is, is in faith, many times our faith diminishes because we keep looking down. We buy into the lies and the deception of the enemy. We distort our faith because we start looking at situations, well, I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough climbing experience. What if I fall down? And we start looking and we start rationalizing and we start putting our trust in other things. We turn away. Our vision is, is, is skewed. Our perspective is changed. You see what faith is? It's learning to say, Jesus, no matter what happens in this situation, I'm putting my life, my family, this whole situation in your hands, and I'm going to trust in you. I'm not going to trust in the world. I'm not going to trust in the things of the world. I'm going to trust in you. And I want to tell you that faith is you and I saying, I'm going to keep reaching because I can trust that when I grab a hold of his hand, he can hold me. Somebody say amen to that. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, because there's another little cool insight there. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, so it doesn't have to be big faith. And I want to say that for some of you, maybe you feel, we all feel at times, gosh, I just don't know if I have enough faith. Well, guess what? It doesn't have to be a lot. A mustard seed is the smallest seed in the garden, but yet it grows into one of the biggest trees. Just a little bit of faith. Every one of us has received a measure of faith, and that measure of faith is at least as big as a mustard seed. And then what is he going to say? He says, if you have faith, let me ask a question. Anybody here have faith? So if you have faith, which we do have faith. Why? Because God's given us a measure of faith. If we have faith, what does it say? Look at this. It says, you will say to this mountain, growing, strengthening, mountain-moving faith, will say, move from here to there, and it will move. Now, when I read that, first time I read through it, I didn't think about it. Second time I read through it, and it like jumped out at me. God said, if you have faith, if you have faith that can, you know, release my miraculous power. Now, let me stop by and stop and say that I don't want to dive into, you know, what portion is it our faith that touches the heart of God and is it God moving by his power? And sometimes we tend to think that God is limited somehow by our strength of faith. Listen, God is not limited. He can do anything he wants. But what he's wanting to do is put you and I in a place where we continue to grow in our trust in him. And so he says, when you have faith, you will say to your mountain. Let me tell you this. What, what I really think this is trying to teach us, what, what does it mean to keep reaching? Here's basically what it means. Don't quit. Because when you have a mountain, it'll make you want to quit. It'll silence you. You'll quit talking to your mountain. You'll quit praying prayers of promise that God has for you. You'll quit reading. You'll quit studying. You'll quit believing. You'll quit the journey. You'll quit the process when you give up. But when you have faith, you'll keep talking. When you have faith, you'll keep climbing. 
You see, talking, I believe, to the mountain, praying the prayer, believing the promise, coming to church, getting into your word, agreeing in, you know, in prayer with other believers, continuing to give, continuing to serve, you're keeping up with the climb. You're continuing to reach. You're continuing to trust. You will say. But the problem is a lot of people have quit climbing. They've quit talking. They've quit believing. They've caught, their mountain has, has affected them in such a way where they've quit altogether. And quitting faith will not see a mountain move. Keep reaching. Reminds me of Samson. Did you know, most of us when we think of Samson, if there's like a meter that's like bad and good, how many of you feel like when you think of Samson, you think he's on the bad side? How many of you think, I'm think a little bit? I'm the only one? Thank you, Joe. I, I, I don't feel alone. I mean, how many of you, when you think of Samson, you think of all the stupid bad stuff that he did, right? Did you know that Samson is listed in Hebrews 11 as one of the great people of faith? You serious? Samson was a man of great faith? So much that God made sure he was listed in Hebrews? Why? I got to thinking about it. If you know the story, he... Was, you know, God caused him to come so that he could deliver God's people from the Philistines. And he had long hair and he was strong and he would, had super, he was, he was really a super, you know, superhero. He had superhuman strength because of God's power. But of course, all the things that happened, he ended up, uh, through the situation with Delilah, his eyes get poked out and they end up, his enemy ends up putting him in a grinding mill and he's literally walking around pushing a pole, grinding grain. But at the end of his life, now he had had some victories, right? He killed a thousand men with a jawbone, all that stuff. But if you look at the end of his life, they bring him to this big celebration. And there's all of these people that are there from the Philistine um, army and, and the leadership of the Philistine nation. Thousands of them. And he's there. And they're there to make fun of him. And what does he do? At the last moment of his life, he grabs the columns and he pushes and in the last moment of his life, he ends up killing and defeating more Philistines and delivering God's people from more Philistines than all of his previous life combined. And I thought, God, why is he considered a man of great faith? And, I, and it kind of hit me. Because if you read in Hebrews, it simply says this. It says, who took their weakness and turned it to strength. I think the reason Samson is there is so that you and I can relate. Anybody here ever feel like you've made some mistakes? Anybody here ever feel like you've been walking in circles? You know why he's there? Because of one thing. Why did he have great faith? Because he kept pushing. He didn't quit. In the last moment of his life, he kept pushing. In his darkness, with no eyesight, walking in circles, he kept pushing. Why did I give you keep reaching in my story? Because it was through the continuing to reach that the victory came. And I want to tell you, one of the greatest things that will cause your faith to grow is just keep on pushing. Keep on talking to your mountain. Keep on moving forward. Keep on reaching up. Keep on serving. Don't be weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap. You see, faith sometimes, great faith, is not letting the mountain shut you up. 
It's standing up in Jesus' name, saying, get over there, mountain. Keep reaching up. I want to show you something. This is a little side note. Go with me, Romans 8, 28. Many of you heard this passage before. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Here's what most people think this scripture means. If you love God, it's all going to work together for the good. It's not what that scripture says. It's part of what that scripture says. Here's what that scripture says. Everything in your life will work for the good, not just because you love God, but because you've stayed connected to his purpose that he's called you to. Therefore, keep pushing. Therefore, keep climbing. Therefore, keep reaching. You see, at the end of his life, he stayed connected to his purpose, to his faith, to his calling, and he kept on reaching. He kept on pushing. And I want to encourage you today, listen, stay connected. You want want to see that mountain move? You want to see God do something mighty in your life? Then keep talking to your mountain. Don't let your mountain make you quiet anymore. Don't sit back defeated thinking nothing's going to change. Quit looking down at your trials and looking at yourself and your limitations. Get your eyes on Jesus who can do anything. Get your eyes into his word which promises things for you and begin to speak those promises to your mountain and let me tell you something God has the power to move mountains amen good preaching amen high five Pastor Jared Woo, preach it thank you thank you here's the last point y'all with me don't look down Keep reaching. So I'm I'm in the cave. Looking down a little bit, going back and sitting down. Finally, I'm like, I just got to keep reaching. I got to keep reaching. I got to trust. I got to put myself in their hands and trust that they can take care of me. So the moment came. I'm like, guys, you ready? Are you? And I saw their arms hanging over the edge. Encouraged me. And finally, I just said, here I go. And I just, you know, one, two, three. And I jumped out. I grabbed the rock. And the the force, kind of the centrifugal force, kind of moved my body forward. My hand went up. And I felt a clamp around my wrist. Oh, that felt so good. (laughs) And they grabbed me. And they pulled me to the top. And I've never been on a rock since. Here's the third point, and I'll I'll share a little more of the story, but it's use your equipment. It's the last thing that I kind of saw in this passage. Use your equipment. Now, here is the thing. I didn't have any equipment. I didn't have the helmet, which I got to thinking about it. How how important is the helmet? I mean, if you're going to fall a thousand feet to the ground, is the helmet going to really help you? I mean, you thought about it. It's kind of like putting on a seatbelt in an airplane. You know, we're going down. Put on your seatbelt. I feel better now. <laughs> Whoo! They don't even have airbags. Praise God for that helmet. 
I didn't have a helmet. I didn't have one of those, you know, little hammers to drive the peg into the rock so that I could attach myself to it. So that if I slipped, it was going to hang on and hold me. I didn't have the equipment. The only equipment I had was some hands to grab a hold of me. But I tell you what, I used the equipment that I had. And it helped me to move my mountain. And many times what happens is in our journey, we don't use the equipment that God has given us. If you look, it says in Matthew chapter 17, after he says, so you can say to this mountain, talk to your mountain, don't give up, quit talking, you'll keep talking, move from here to there, change your perspective, see what is possible. Then he said, verse 21, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. In other words, use the tools that I've given you Use the tools that God has put in your tool belt to see your victory. What was that tool? Well, that tool in this situation was prayer and fasting. Many translations don't have the word fasting. It just has the word prayer. Bottom line is, you've got a weapon, Jesus said, and you need to use it. Not just at the moment. You need to be using it beforehand. You need to be praying. You need to be fasting. You need to be preparing so that when you get on that wall, you can climb. So that your arms don't run out of strength. Because you've got some stamina that's been built up in you. Use the weapons. Use the equipment that I've given you to help you succeed and move your mountain. In fact, I love what he says about prayer. And we're going to end with this. I want the worship team to come. He said, I tell you the truth. John 14. Chapter 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. Because I am going to be with my Father, you can ask for anything in my, what? In my name, and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my, what? Name, and I will do it. There was this place that I had a membership to, and I was gone, and my son wanted to go. And I uh, wanted to bring a friend. And so he was like, Dad, hey, I want to go, but you're not here. What do I do? It's real simple. I said, well, son, all you have to do is walk through the door and use my name. Because they know me over there. And if you use my name, it'll, it'll be okay. You don't have to worry about it. In fact, I'll call ahead and I'll talk to him. And so I called and talked to him and said, hey, my son's coming in. And he went in and he used my name, which gave him access because of my name. You see, our ability to see a mountain move has nothing to do with who we are. It's about his name. It's about who we know. And Jesus said, I've given you the equipment, the authority, the power to overcome every trial, every obstacle. In fact, he said this. He said, hey, here's the reality. In this life, there will be trouble. Boy, isn't that encouraging. But then Jesus says, be of good cheer because here's the good news. I, not you, I have overcome the world. And because I have overcome the world, greater is he that is in you. Who's in you? I, me, Jesus, the one who has the authority, the power to move mountains. I'm in you. Therefore, because I'm in you, if you'll use the weapon that I've given you, the equipment that I've given you, you can either climb over or you can move a mountain because I move mountains. Here's the problem, though. A lot of people will try to use the name but they don't know the man. Let me say it this way. I've said this before, but 
You can't use the name if you don't know the man. I could go to some, you know, Hollywood club to try to get in. Maybe it was, you know, some super, you know, superstars nightclub, and I could walk up and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Jared, and I'm gonna, I want to go in, and and um, you know, um, I don't know. Justin Bieber said I can go in. <laughs> then they'd start laughing at me, and I'd walk away, and they're like, "Well, let me, let me call Mr. Bieber." And what would Mr. Bieber say? Who? Jared? Who? He's punking you, man. I don't know this guy. <laughs> so you can't use the name unless you know the man. I mean, I could try everything. I could sing, baby, baby. Wait, that's the wrong song. That's a... <laughs> he has a baby song, doesn't he? I started singing Amy Grant is what I started singing. <laughs> that's what I started singing. Boy, you know I'm old, don't you? Dear Lord in heaven. Does anybody even know who Amy Grant is? Okay, all right. Now. <laughs> I can't believe it's saying Amy Grant. Uh, can't use the name unless you know the man. In fact, I think the more you know the man, when you pray in the name of the man, you don't just pray using the name, but you pray thinking, how would this man handle it? What does this man think about this situation? What is the character of the man and how he would deal with the mountain? Suddenly, you begin to have a whole other perspective and authority in your prayer because you know the man. And that's really the question I want to ask real quick before I pray over everyone today, is are you here and you come to church, but you maybe even use the name, but you don't know the man? See, the only way that you can get into heaven is you can't just say, Jesus, I went to a church and I heard about Jesus. You've got to put your faith in Jesus. You have to know the man. He wants to know you. Jesus came into this world to die on a cross for you, to pay the price for your sin. Sin separates us from God. It separates us from eternity in heaven with our Father forever. It separates us from having the ability to overcome trials and challenges and move mountains and live the best life, the abundant life that God has for us now in this world. But here's the good news. All you need to do is meet the man. His name is Jesus and begin a relationship with him.